Hello and welcome back to the Try Time Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Callum. And you join us for episode 27, the Challenge Cup third round review, return of Super League preview, and of course the big news that we didn't get down to discussing on Monday, because it's Monday as we're filming this, Daryl Powell as the Warrington head coach. So without wasting any time, let's jump into the third round of the Challenge Cup and start with the first ties of the round on Friday. And we had a crack at the start of 4KR and Castleford. What a game this was. Yeah, absolute cracker by the sounds of it. I mean, in the last couple of years, we haven't really seen sort of extra time go to them lengths, but it did, and it sounds like a cracker. Hull KR seems like they kind of threw it away. I know obviously Cass scored on the hooter in normal time to, to level it. Uh, it. It did seem like one of them where Hull KR kind of threw it away. Yeah, that's the impression I'm getting. They were well up at half time and they absolutely bottled job FC that we're doing a Catalan from round one. Yeah, it's. It, yeah. And I, I think, you know, fair play to both clubs. It, it's a, They've put on a good game. It's a good classic cup tie where it can swing either way. And at the end of the day, fair play to Gareth O'Brien for um, scoring a. A drop goal again over against Hulkea to sink them again. Yep, and also Daryl Powell three from three. Question why he's leaving Cast to go to a smaller club. Yeah, I know. That. I'm gonna say he's definitely in the form where you, you know why Warrington. I look. I, I've taken a, a punt on him because he's got this Cast team really playing and they look really good. That's long mate. Continue if you're a Cast fan out there. Uh, jumping into the other game on Friday, this one was shown on YouTube, not that I actually got around to watching it, but it was York who put up a Franklin Valiant fight against Wigan. They came out 26-0 losers, but I don't think they'll be too disappointed other than really not managing to get a single point on the board, but I don't know, there's going to be Super League teams that lose to Wigan by bigger scores, and it wasn't actually a battle of strength side. Yeah, I'm going to say Wigan did seem, you know, they were full, sort of full strength and, it, and York wasn't. York had players missing. York had some 17-year-old lads out. Yeah, York rotated whether that, you know, some of that were forced. Um, but they definitely didn't have their best possible side out and I think they held their own. I know obviously they didn't score, but even defensively, you know, they didn't ship as many as some other teams that were going to come to that from the championship you know they, they I know exactly who that's aimed at but yeah but so you got to give them credit I think credit to York it shows how they're not a million miles away the stadium looked good and fair play to the Wigan as well very good Wigan keep and yeah, rolling to do that well some of your team are barely out of nap because it's a pretty good effort yeah true so fair play York and, and also Wigan I guess like good job through to the next round be interesting to see how it goes so speaking of championship teams it shipped quite a lot of points I think this one was probably aimed at Widnes who let's say their trip to the AJ Bell didn't go so well coming out 68-4 losers yeah not ideal and also you wouldn't expect it like Witness is not the same side it was when there was in Super League, but there, there wasn't in Super League too long ago, and the, it is a, it does seem as a fall, as a bit of a fall from grace. In, it is but, a big shock. 
But then, at the end of the day, you know, Salford needed this. They needed something big like this. And as much of a shock it is, mate, I mean, you've got teams like, you know, t yes, they've beaten by a load, but the majority of other championship teams, I think, would have been in a similar situation. For example, you've got a team like, right, we're going back, like, sort of last week now, where, um, you know... Sheffield put 50 points on Bradford and it's not that many points, more points than that and that was unexpected so it's like on the day any team can beat anyone by that, sc that score and, and it, they will have just been a bit too, fa bit too fast and they've got some big powerful players as well Salford so that they don't really mess about do they and they'll probably want to go on a proper proper cup run which I mean you know fair play to them and you know wish them all best yeah, and like I say, I think that was the win that perhaps they needed to pick their form up. The last thing I saw about this game before it kicked off was the witness coach taking advantage of a couple upsets. So, you know, things that foreshadowed unfortunate events. We're going to, I mean, I don't know if you follow us on Twitter yet. If not, at TriTime Podcast, why are you not doing? I tweeted out another one of tweets that didn't age very well, which actually will be from the next game that we're about to cover and is probably going to involve one of my rants of the round. We know how much you love these. Also, shout out to the bloke who commented if they had a pound for every time I saved bloody something. You would indeed be a very rich man. Right, are we prepared? Yeah, go on mate, go on. So, the next game, live on the BBC One, St Helens 26, Leeds Rhinos 18. Can I just caveat this by saying, first of all, the better side won. I have absolutely no discrepancies with the fact that St Helens won this game. What I do have a problem with is our lovely friend doing his best impression of a pink highlighter pen who wants to be star of the show. You already know I'm on about, don't you? Yeah, I, I'm leaving. I'm leaving you to your rant, mate. I, Matt's right, views do okay. not reflect my views. I got views. uninterrupted coverage now. Yeah, I'm free to yeah. push my agenda. Right, let's just start with this. We have seen two very similar, if not worse, late shots on the kicker in Super League this season. Both of which have been yellow card offences. Now I am sorry, regardless of whether you think that is right or whether it should be a red or whether old school rugby bring back the biff is used as your argument for everything and it shouldn't be a bit more than a penalty. You cannot suddenly decide without issuing a formal rule change around game three of the season this is now a red card we're not going to tell any of you but we're just going to give it. It comes back to the keyword and it, well I was about to say, it comes back to the C word that says a lot about rugby league officials, but no, it's not the one that you're thinking of that I'm not going to repeat on this podcast in case there's anyone under 18 watching. Consistency. Where the hell is it from the officials? I'm bringing you back in, Callum. Where's the consistency? Have you managed to find it in the time it's taken me to rant? Well, I thought you were going to go for a bit longer than that, actually, mate. I was, oh, this, I'm just giving you a chance to answer my question. I've got more consistency. Stuff. Yeah, it's a problem, and it, it, it's a, it's not, it's very much a problem in rugby league, but it's also a problem in sport in general. There's a lot all over all different sports about how consistency 
just doesn't seem to be there. And, and, and whether that's... I mean, I think the only thing worse than this is VAR, let's yeah, be honest. exactly. And the consistency with that. And, and rugby league is very, very similar. And it's weird because it feels like, few, uh, you know, five, six years ago, we just didn't have the, this. And I don't know if it's the rule changes constantly. It's how, you know, different referees perceive things differently. You're always going to get that. But it does seem a problem more higher up than the referees in terms of the rules and how they're sort of stated and how blurred the lines are between certain rules like this new you know ripped ball rule like what's that all about like like why why i do like that though yeah i don't mind it as a rule but would you be able to read me off that exact what that rule is if you to describe that rule, you are allowed to steal you're allowed to steal the ball from an opposition player if you are the only man within the tackle at the time the ball is stolen if any other player is in contact with the the ball carrying player at the time of the steal is a penalty to the opposition. That, but that the problem with that rule that you have just stated is that that is not a. You it's know, not friendly it, to it, somebody that's not watched much rugby. No, yeah, but it's also what the problem is with that rule, and, and you know, there's various other laws of the game like that where it's like that's all based. It's not factual. It's not factual stuff like you know, like an offside in football. That is fact. VAR sorts that out. It's fact. Whereas with well, something like that, it is all. Let's not reference. get onto that one because VAR does definitely not sort it out. This is not a Premier League rant podcast. The, the point of it, the the idea of it is where. Whereas with this, it's like the referee. It depends on if the referee sees it as a play. Another player's got their hands on or doesn't. That's where the inconsistency comes from. It's probably the same with the shoulder charge that you're going on about. It's like. One referee might see it and be like, there's probably no in that within the context because it is all about how the referee... I'm about to get on to shoulder charges because that brings me to another event in this game. Yeah. And it was my man of the match and the absolute pain in the Rhino's arsehole. St. Helens thinking number 17, Passy. What a player he was. That yeah. was a fantastic game. But there was one contact. It was the one that left, right, wish me luck on this. King Vuniyawa on the floor. I think I managed to do that all right. Yeah, actually. that was decent, actually. That's not bad. I've been practicing, if you can't tell. It was the one that left him injured, where arguably he led with the shoulder. Now, again, do I think it should have been shoulder charge penalty to lead? No. Do I think there should have been a card? No, probably not. But on another day, you'd have probably seen red for that. And I've seen red to give it a softer. So again, where's where's the line? Yeah. Because right now there doesn't seem to be one. It seems to be, if I like it and I want to do this, I'll let it go. If I don't and I want it to be my name on trophy this year, then you can get sent on. I think, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get where you're coming from with that. I just quickly want to put in there. And it is all about what you're saying about, obviously, it is the ref's perception. So, for example, if the ref's in a game where there's no, there's barely any penalties and stuff's kind of going well, the players are really, there's respect there and they're speaking to the referee, you know, well. And then a challenge like that comes in, the referee is less likely to give a card for that than he is if it's a fiery game. The player who's done it or the other players are being reckless and that sort of thing. And, and it is all about the differences. And that's why it's not a... You know, it's a rule where it is up for perception and how you how you see it and stuff like that. There's another big word you've just said there, and you know which one I'm going to pull up. Respect. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I hope I speak for every single fan and player here when I say naturally we respect the officials. Without them, we don't have a game. 
but it's really hard to command true respect of the top players when you can't even make your mind up what rules you're playing to. You know, I've seen fans from all sorts of clubs weighing in at the time and saying, no way should that be a red. So this is not just Leeds bias talking. And actually on the poll we ran again on Twitter after the match, at Tri-Time Podcast, if you're not already following us, it was very split. Red and yellow were tied. Some even said no penalty, but or, or well, it might have been no card. Can't remember how I worded it now, but it was a contentious call. And this is where we should have the head of the referees, which I believe is still Ganser. Yeah, it is. Enforcing a clear rule on what is and isn't a red card offence for a late shot on the kicker. Because in my mind, part of the thing that Thaler said, or at least what has been interpreted as the reason he gave red was it was a shot to the head. Well, at no point did I see it hit the head. And my question is why is Theo Farage not having a HIA if that's the case? And again, why are we seeing if you stay down injured on the floor for five minutes, you're more likely to get a penalty in the card than if you get up like you would like we saw players do five years ago. Because whether a player is injured or concussed does not impact the actual challenge that has gone on. If it's illegal, it's illegal. If it's legal, get on with it. Yeah. There's too much easy influence on the refs. And I don't want to ever say that anyone's been given a backhander because I don't believe any of that crap for a minute. But it does seem that there are ways to play the games to get them to be a bit more open to your side by how you act on the pitch. Particularly when it comes to certain incidents, and that's not right. Yeah. I, I think I, that's my rant over. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. But like, I, like I've said, I, I do think it, it, it's higher up than the referees in terms of the rules are there's too there's too many rules that are subject that are subjective rather than being objective well is it because they don't have this problem in rugby union with the functioning tmo system and their game is even more stupid than ours i mean does anyone actually know what a mall properly is i know i know what you mean but um yeah it's always it's always ever changing in you know, one season they'll give red card for a shoulder charge, one year it'll be a yellow. It's very blurred lines. I'm waiting for next year. Apparently, if you give a shoulder charge, you'll probably get a bottle of champagne after a match and a dinner thrown in with honours. <laughs> oh dear. But anyway. Right, I think the only other thing I've got to say on that match is credit to the Leeds youngsters yeah. out there that really put a shift in because. Yeah, if you'd have said at the start of this season with everyone fit, that was the side playing Saints in round three, you'd probably think, why have we got a big match like two days before or something? Yeah. I mean, you know, full credit to them. There's some absolutely fantastic gems coming through in the lead side, and that's true of Saints and Wigan, but we didn't see as much of them this time around. Yeah, I, I, I mean... Yeah, you've got to say a fair play to Leeds, and they, they were closer than everyone expected. Saints oh, again. To be fair, Brad Dwyer's second try was definitely shit off. Oh, yeah, 100%. There were a few of them calls, I think, over the weekend with, you know, video ref, and it was just like, you know. You Never that, just... because it wasn't really a red card, so the hats felt that they balanced it out a little. What was it Silver would say? You balanced the penalty count out to make yourself look better. Oh, God, here he is. Conspiracy. 
conspiracy. Referee conspiracy. I'm just quoting Mr. Silverwood here. <laughs> oh, God. Right, what were the next game anyway? Come on. Um, well, yeah, we won't get into the debate of which Jack's the better fullback at Leeds. Uh, Castellan 26, Wakefield 6. This was fairly good at the middle Wakefield and then they really troubled Catalan and didn't really get out of second gear. I think what I found with Wakefield is they're good for a half. Like against Wigan, it was a similar case to this where it's like, you know, sort of level pegging, close game in the first half. Against Leeds as well, there was very much in it in that first half, scored a few good tries. They but, were, but I mean, yeah, against Leeds, the scoreline slightly flatter than with the two breakaway tries. But I know what you mean. The first, there were parts of the game where they looked championship standard and there were other parts where actually they went toe-to-toe with what was on that day, at least on paper, a pretty strong lead side. Yeah. And again, they took the lead against Wigan, but they just can't seem to finish the dinner at the moment. We talk about Hull ball in it, well, what a Wakefield. Wakefield can't def- seem to defend for 80 minutes is the problem. They can't dig in for 80 minutes. And whether that's the personnel they've got, or the fitness levels or any something anything it could be any of those but they do need to start picking up some wins i know they've played some tough teams they've got some injuries though as well now including everyone's favorite winger tom johnson who seems to love a good stint on the sideline i think as well is it Saul woods got injured and there's another one that i can't remember who it was off the top of my head so i'm not even going to pretend to know but yeah, they need to dig deep to this week. So obviously, it's only the cup, and maybe not being in the cup will help them concentrate on the league. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But again, Catalan just looking good as well. Continues their strong start to the season. And yeah, Absolutely. I mean, there's very much a split. I feel like in the Super League teams, as in after you know they've played three games, you know two Super League, one Championship. The teams that are like doing good, and the teams that are doing bad. There's no. You know, there's not much in between. There's some top four, probably about five teams that are really looking top quality. You know, like Saints, Wigan, Hull FC, Castleford, Catalan. Well, shall we get straight on to Hull FC? You and you brought them up because... Yeah, mate, let's do it. They, they, I wouldn't say they had a scare, but again, credit to Featherstone. This was a very strong performance. 14-34, Hull managed to come away from the big... Well, it's not the big fellas' stadium anymore, is it? They've actually not changed it, but... Come from Post Office Road with a win. And Featherstone, more points against the Super League opposition than any other championship side in the Cup. Yeah. Which, I mean, credit to them. We know how good Fev are at home. They could be anyone on the day there. Hull FC, again, though, did show the strength, I guess you could say, in how good they are going forward. You know, it's unreal, really. This was obviously yeah, about it's Reynolds. a Super League versus Championship now, in it, ultimately, in the sense that Hull have that better go forward over the full 80. But, you know, play for play, Featherstone held their own. And I think there'll be a lot of pride in that performance that actually, you know, if they can pull off results and play like that against some of the other Championship big boys, they could very easily be fighting at the top table next year. Oh yeah, definitely, and I think, you know, again, with these championship teams, obviously none of them have actually gone through, but it is still good experience playing against a, a strong Super League teams like the have, and even though they've lost, they've all, I mean, bar witness, really, they've all put up a decent effort, haven't they, really, so. Yeah, because, I mean, that, that segues nicely onto Saturday. Swinton did a good job against Warrington, I can't really fault that. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, 32 points to 8, it was, this definitely wasn't, I'm sure this was played on Sunday, but. Yeah, it was some, these were Sunday's matches. Oh, it's because the app glitched, I'm looking at the results on, because it's now gone past midnight and it's Tuesday, that's why it's broken. Yeah, they got, the Matty Ashurst derby did end up with Swinton, putting 8 past Warrington, which, again, decent effort, but Warrington, they did have enough to overcome this game, to be honest, that's no surprise really. I don't think there's too much to discuss from this one. Yeah, again, it kind of just reiterates the points we've made with York and Fev, just showing the strength of the championship and how a team like Swinton, who are probably mid-table, mid-to-low-table championship side, have really shown that they can, they've hung in there. You know, it was a close game early on. Um, you know, obviously, everyone expected kind of wanting to run away with it in the end, but... You know they competed at times in that match, and that's that's good. That's what uh, you know Stuart Little wanted to see. And you know they've got a quality like you know players like Martin Ridyard. These are players who've played Super League rugby. Do you know what I mean? They're not they're no pushovers, you, and they're going to be a strong championship side. I'm looking forward to seeing them play. They are going to be decent, but let's be honest, it's going to be Fab or York for the 1895, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. You know, Witness could yeah. do, do it as well. You never know in a cup game. Have to play better than they did against Salford, but well, let's finish off the cup because I'm aware, thanks to my rant, this has gone on quite a while now. Um, Woodersfield. Is Ian Watson off of fraud watch after a 36-18 win at Lee? Strong win. Um, needed as needed well. Win. Yeah, needed. And they actually seemed like they finally fully clicked going forward, which I think they'd struggled in the, in the, you know, the opening two rounds of Super League. Without Caesar still, but a bit of continuity in the halves that they've got. Obviously a bit makeshift without Caesar, but you know they've had a few games together now. They are starting to click and... You know, a, a nice little cup run wouldn't do Huddersfield any harm at all. You know, Huddersfield's the sort of team that I can see him getting themselves to a, a cup final. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're I good. wouldn't say a final, but I can definitely see them. Mind you saying that, they've not got a great draw now, so I perhaps can't see them going much further. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to go into the draw today. We'll look at that as part of the regular previews in the week before they take place, which I think is the... 8th of May weekend. Yeah, we, we've got another sort of just under a month to go out with before that, so. Yeah. Super League before then. Well, speaking of Super League, and one Super League team in particular, we touched on this at the start, and Daryl Powell moving to Warrington. So, as a very quick summary, what are your first thoughts about this move? Uh, what does this mean for both clubs? Powell himself. Um, for Warrington, I mean, I think it means potential consistency, potential the rough Super League experience that I think we've looked at a cast team that, yeah, it hasn't won, you know, trophies necessarily, but it won a hub cap. <laughs> but it's a team that has got a solid pack that work for each other, the solid just Super League players. You know, Grant Millington, Geneva Masses, plays that go under the radar and they're just they're, every week they're there in that in the pack and they do the job. And I think that sort of thing, Warrington, I think at times they've got the star players, you know, they've got the Widdops, they've got the Austins, you know, well, that, the strong backs. But I feel That's like... a really good point. Because have you seen who he wants to take to Warrington already? I'm assuming it is Jake Truman. One other player as well. Peanut Matata. Well, I don't believe it. Solid professional 
player with you know he's been great for casting absolutely that. but who goes Widow or Rusty I reckon it's Widow himself if not both uh, yeah, but you, I mean, Metalia can play anywhere, really. I think I think there will be some changes to that squad, but you've still got players like you know Cooper, and I think you know a player like Cooper's your modern day sort of props. Players like that'll stay, you know, your Philbins. But I think there'll be a few that come in potentially, or just a, a mindset in the club where it's like, let's get a couple of players in here who actually can win some Super League games. They've got that dogged nature. They don't miss tackles. You know what I mean? They're them sort of players that. They know what they know what it takes. They can build up a bit of consistency and go and actually win the league. Do I think, you know, would I say Warrington have got a better chance to win win Super League in the next five years under Powell than they do, do if they kept on the price? I'd say I'd probably say yeah, I probably would. But you know that's a big call because I actually don't think Push is probably with Warrington. I think it's a recruitment, which let's be honest is shocking. I've never known a team spend so much money on big name stars and have absolute square root of F all to show for them. Yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, how much did they spend on Wigger? He was a disaster last year. He yeah. got outperformed by Danny Richardson who cost, ca- who cost Castle the peanuts compared. Luke Gale, who hadn't played for over 12 months, had a bigger impact. Yeah, I mean, it's one of them where Warrington, you know, they're they're a big club, Warrington, and, and they attract these names, and you know, they've got English and that, and you know, this season Next they've got a chance. Next big block, I've called it in the preview, I still maintain Greg English will be an absolute block. Well, we're still waiting to see him get play a bit of rugby, but we'll have to wait and see for that, I do think it could be a... I wouldn't say that to his face, like, but... It could be a Sunny Bill situation with him, I think, where it just like oh, that's not again. doesn't quite click again. But you know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, for me, Powell, I, it's a weird appointment. It's going to be weird to see him at Warrington. I feel like you just don't really associate that sort of manager with Warrington. And you know, you find a thinker cast, you think of Daryl Powell. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be also interesting to see who takes the cast job, as, as McDermott said that he's not interested in it. So. That opens and James Ford doesn't particularly look that interested. But, well, yeah. we'll keep an eye on that one and we'll bring you our reaction to that when we get the news. But without further ado, let's see how Powell's old and new club is, how we think they will get on in the predictions. So, Super League kicking off on Thursday again. God's sake, I hate Thursday night. And even better, it's us that are on. We're hosting Wigan. It's actually at Headingley. The first time we're going to play at home at Headingley rather than away, too. Yeah, true. Uh, One word prediction. Who are you going for? Wigan. Wigan. Fair enough. Going against your own team. I'm not even being biased this week. <laughs> um, Friday's games. Castleford Lee. Castleford. Castleford. Nice news. Saints Wakefield. I know where this is going. Saints. Saints. Okay, Huddersfield. This could be contentious. Uh, I'm going to go Huddersfield. Kingston. I'm going to throw it out there. We've got some difference. Yeah. Go on. Catalan. Catalan Salford. I assume this is in France. Well, I'm going Catalan anyway. I don't care I'm where going it Catalan is. I'm going Catalan either way, but I'm assuming it actually is in France. And finally, OFC Warrington. This is a big game, actually. I'm surprised this is not on scale. Uh, uh, 
mind you, they probably didn't expect Hull to be this good when it started, just like I didn't having them in 11 that age as well. I'm that age as well as Tetevan have been the enforcer. Anyway, carry on. Hull FC. Well, that's annoying, I'm also doing Hull FC. So we've been a bit boring this week and picked the same ones for Super League. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Championship? Yeah, Championship. I'll, I'll, I'll run through them. There's only... Obviously there's oh, only... I've got Amir if you want. Oh. Have you got him in front of you too? Yeah, I've got Amir. It's up to you. completely up to you. But well, you go. Well, there's only six games, obviously, with the all oh, Toulouse, London, debacle. I'm going to bet that Toulouse are going to win 24-0. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty safe. There's a, there's a rant for another episode. We'll probably get on to that next week when the games actually happen because I don't think anyone's prepared for me to have another RFL rant in the same podcast. If you do actually enjoy me ranting about random crap to do with rugby, let me know and I will make this a regular series for you. That's a stupid joke. Right, Batley versus Alden. Ooh, I might go Batley, you know, why not? Yeah, I'm going to agree. Batley have looked sort of strong in the cup and strong in the league as well, even though obviously they lost to Featherston twice, but they've looked strong. I can see them doing Alden. A lot of teams are going to lose to Featherston this year. I won't get too hung up on that. Yeah, Widnes so. Dewsbury? Uh, Widnes. Yeah, Widnes to bounce back for me. Um, on to Sunday, I think. Yeah. Swinton, Featherston. Featherston. Yeah, again, I think they'll, they'll stay strong, continue strong start. Whitehaven, Newcastle. I'm going to go Thunder on this one. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I think Thunder... Look strong after that draw against Widness. Right, Bradford Halifax. Max, Bradford looked like the worst defence in the league, the bottom of the league. I mean, who concedes 50 to Sheffield and actually flames to not be a league one team? I'm agreeing with you, I'm going Halifax. Are you actually? Yeah. Is Jordan Lillard still banned? No, he's back. Oh, he's back. I guess Flanagan can't grow up any more testicles yet. <laughs> not quite, and we've still got a few big injuries out as well, so it's going to be a tough, uh, yeah. a tough one. Remind us not to have him on the podcast. I don't want to like get molested live on air. <laughs> right, York Sheffield to finish. York. Yeah. Uh... As good as Sheffield's attack is, I mean, let's face it, it must be super quality to put fifth past that championship side to beat last week, even if they were full of amateurs. I'm going. I'm going Sheffield. By the way, I'm changing. Actually. Yeah, Sheffield. I'm backing it. Oh god, you're mental. And right, well I'll leave Callum to go get sectioned. Hopefully we'll be back for next for Saturday's video. I don't know what we're gonna do yet, but you know, you'll know when I do. And yeah, drop the subscribe and make sure it comes up in your sub box if the button's still red, turn it grey. We've got time before the video ends. You done it yet? Good, thank you. Uh, as I said before, follow us on Twitter, link in the description, we will be posting more stuff on there, including interactive polls, which you seem to actually like last time, so that's good. And we have forgot one thing. We didn't do a trim watch. I saw a dodgy trim as well, I can't remember who's edit was stuck on. I've, I've, got, so, I've got something for trim watch. Obviously it's Monday today when we're recording this, obviously you all seen it on Wednesday. Everyone, everyone at home listening or watching. It's Tuesday when we've finished recording this, may I ask? Yeah. Um, so obviously everything's back open in the UK, like outdoor bat, but barbers and England, stuff. Scotland, yeah. Scotland, Dan. Oh. Let's not upset the Scots and remind them that they can't do quite the same things that we can yet. So, I I turn up to the barbers at 11 o'clock. I do not go home because they're queuing outside until half past one. Two and a you half. You go to a drop-in? 
Yeah, I just went for a drop in, mate. Yeah, I've got I'd... for an appointment on Friday. I know yeah. exactly. I don't have to queue or anything. Oh. I used to do that sort of thing, but I just I just went and got it done before work. But yeah, that's that's something. Are you telling watch. me that you're now on Trim Watch? No, because I've got a nice fade now. But I mean, before that, I was definitely well, we on Trim Watch. It. Yeah, I know you can't see it. Guys. Unless you want to edit a picture of your fade in the middle of the screen here so they can all see whether or not you should be on trim watch. We'll see. We'll see about that. No, because that'll actually bring people from audio over to over to video. Right. Well, there you go. Callum potentially is on trim watch. We won't know for sure. But we are hoping as well to be back in the studio soon. So keep an eye out for our live return when you can be traumatised by our faces again. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I can't, I'm looking forward to that though. I think it is much better when we kind of we're both there together. It's it, the the content and the you know it's the better podcast when we're like there in person and you know. I don't think they really cared about the logistics. We're going to stop bombing you with random yeah. twaddle now. So see you on Saturday. Goodbye. Yeah, see you later, guys. Bye. <laughs>